Welcome to another episode of Beyond Risk and Back. I am your hostess with the mostess, Aaron Huey. Thanks parents, teachers and clinicians for joining me. Let's talk about school. Let's talk about education. Let's talk about how it's changing. There's been so much, and as, as we've heard from some educators on Beyond Risk and Back who I've interviewed, talking about how this entire thing shifted on a dime. Like, like things are going normal and then everybody says we got to shut down schools and with, within two weeks, the entire school system had gone online. That's massive movement for an entity worldwide. And we like to say education is not changing. It's antique, it's antiquated. It is behind the times, et cetera, et cetera. But we can see that this education can the system can change very, very quickly. So let's talk to as many educators as we can about the future of school and for the parents of Beyond Risk and Back, what it is about your kid that is making them not want to go to school, not want to learn. And I'm sure that's what it looks like, but that's not true. And deep down, we all know that. But how do we get them on fire about their education. My guest today is Mark Taylor. Uh, Mark is an educator and his website is educationonfire.com. He's got a gorgeous accent. And so we're gonna be talking with Mark about how do you get your kid who's gone through the fire back on fire about their education. Thanks for joining me, parents. Remember to listen, like, subscribe, and share. And please leave a review pretty please for beyond risk and back so that parents who need us can find us. Mark, thanks for being on the show, man. I appreciate you. Aaron, thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity and yeah, such an important conversation to have. And I think to be able to make a difference to every single child personally, that's that's got to be an absolute gift. It has to be. I mean, we like like I was saying at the beginning, education has to be a gift. It has to be special. It has to be magical. It has to be the thing that helps the child develop who they are and what they want to be when they grow up, et cetera, et cetera. But we've lost it along the way. Mark, in your opinion, where did education lose its fire as soon as it became something you had to do rather than something you wanted to do so if you think about it what happens you're you've got your family unit you you have all this expression of what you want to do you're a toddler you learn to walk you're excited about the world around you you start to go to preschool or nursery something like that and you can just see as the years go by and you start to get into elementary school primary school here in the UK it's that kind of, oh, I'm excited to learn. I'm excited to read. I get to do this and experiment with that. And then as each year goes by, it's kind of need to be quiet. You need to do what you're told. You need to do it this way, not that way. Um, I know certainly when my kids were going through the system, it was that sense of, oh, should I ask a question or should I just be the person that they think has got it all right and they're doing the right thing? And I think bit by bit, bit by bit, your kind of personality and your inquisitiveness gets taken away. And then for, you know, until the age of 18 or so, you literally go to school for eight hours a day, six hours a day, depending on what your timetable looks like. And you just do what you have to do with the idea that at one point, at one point in the future, you take a test, you get some kind of qualification and then you move on. And that just, 
isn't about the personal idea of what learning is all about. It's not about the individual person itself. And it just means that you're just doing stuff for all those years at the beginning of your life. And so you're literally kind of, I, I always think of it a little bit like this. The school are kind of giving you what they think you should have, which is almost like a first aid kit. We've got all the plasters, all the bandages that you need in order to, to make sure that you can survive if you fall down. But at the same time, we're going to trip you up here and now and next week and the week after but we'll we'll give you another bandage and we'll give you another another plaster um and it's just that kind of you kind of know that eventually you're going to fall down again and you're going to have to do another test and it's going to be round and round that same circle and we just need to stop take a breath and remember that education is a gift and it's a tool and it's something which we can do to enable to express ourselves and part of that is to express yourself in the here and now that's what you need to do in order to live life to the full and also know that you're then giving yourself the pathway and enjoying the journey as you get through into adulthood we're going to get into a lot of what you said in in just a minute because i know a lot of my listeners can see the gift and can feel the treasure that is education, but their kids don't. Before we get into those questions, uh, what was school like for you? What kind of student were you? And did it inform what you do today? Are you, are you this education consultant, coach, supporter because you had a bad experience or because you had a great experience? How did you end up where you are? Education on Fire was basically my conversation that I wanted to have that I wasn't hearing. So my background is I'm a professional musician. I'm a drummer. I'm a percussionist. Um, and my school experience was that of I was just the right student in the right place at the right time. We had to learn a musical instrument and I had the opportunity to do that. It was free to begin with and then heavily subsidized. And I found my voice as a teenager as someone who you know didn't quite know where I was going, what I was into, what I liked, what I didn't like. I suddenly had this opportunity to perform this music on this instrument, share it with other people. And I just felt something I'd never felt before. It was purely down to opportunity and the experimentation of having lots of things. I like sport and, and various things like that as well. But it was music that really spoke to me. And then through my professional career, I had the opportunity to teach music, and I still do that now in schools um, across the UK, teaching drums and percussion. And I was going around doing sort of whole class um, samba workshops, and I was seeing some great education going on in school. But what I was hearing in the media was lots of down this isn't happening, that's not happening, and teachers really struggling, not being able to find a kind of their voice or be able to do the sorts of education that we're, you know, we're going to be talking about in terms of that inspiration. And I thought, I just want to have these conversations about, you know, what's this person doing in this school, which is brilliant, that someone can take into their classroom? What's this area doing, which is giving people the opportunity to learn musical instruments, for example, um, where other ones are just cutting all the funding and not giving children that that opportunity right. so yeah education on fire literally was that kind of i want to have that conversation and i want my children to have the opportunity to know that i want them to have that opportunity as well and so that's kind of where it came from it's just like a a need to kind of share something in, and podcasting being the, the gift that it is was gave you an, an easy way for me to have those conversations and once i started having them more and more people wanted to share their experiences it sounds like as a as a student you were having a pretty normal education experience and then all of a sudden you catch fire you're on fire you're you some teacher creates an opportunity for you 
and you're you totally show up to the opportunity and it gives you a a way to express yourself it gives you a way okay so that sounds pretty ideal and now you do that for others i'm assuming you walk into a class you you bring all these drums and you see somebody who may not be expressing themselves through their education and all of a sudden they're expressing themselves to you so now we come back to the reality of the audience members that uh, they're having that are now listening to you saying, okay, that sounds amazing. Where do I find that for my kids? So let's just start with the question. What does it take to be one of those teachers who can ignite the students? What are teachers themselves missing? I think there are really three key elements that you need to kind of be aware of in this. One is the fact that every child wants to be seen. You're a human being relating to another human being. And at that point, there's a connection. I know that you see me, you, I see you, and therefore we don't even have to say anything necessarily. It might be a smile. It might be a kind of, right. you're okay. You just, you just be how you need to be today, but I've got you. That's absolutely fine. The other thing is, is that we need to expand on that a little bit more and you have more of this kind of cohesion of a mentorship idea. You know, I'm not just going to teach you maths. I'm not just going to teach you science or whatever my subject might be within the school system or even outside of the school system for that matter. But we're going to talk about how you learn, what's important to you, what do you need on any given day? You know, we're taking it back to being very personalized. And the other thing is, is the fact that we all have these stories. We start to get into trouble when we start to believe the stories that we have. And it might be that it's to do with the, your home life. It might be to do with the fact that your school life's not been very good. You've had a really bad experience or you, you think you're not clever enough or you should be able to do this or should be able to do that. All these stories go round and round and round. Just as an educator, as a parent, remember, they're just stories good, bad, or indifferent, they're not who you are. And again, comes back to that kind of be seen. I know you, and I know that you can see me. And we can get let those stories disperse to the point that let's just use the tools we have, use where we are, and let's talk about growing and becoming the person we want to be, not being scared of the story you think you are based on what you've told yourself. What I hear that you've done is that you've just talked you've just offered an avenue for parents. It's like, okay, maybe this person who has these skills may or may not actually be a teacher at the school. So where do people find mentors for their children? I mean, you mentioned the fact that education changed overnight. Yeah. You know, everything went online. Completely. And, yeah. And, and what that's done is um, I think a couple of things. One, there are people that weren't working online who then suddenly were. So yeah. you've got access to people who were doing great face-to-face in-person teaching, but you'd never know them because they live down the street of someone else, not, not right. down your street. Um, and now they're available over the internet. You know, they're just there asking and, and willing to help and support you. So th there's there's that idea. And the other idea is the fact that there will be plenty of families who wouldn't go online to look for something, maybe for extra tutoring, but that kind of sense of I need a coach, I need someone to mentor, I need someone to really identify with my child. We all had to do it online because the whole world was online Everything, and that's now yeah. become much more of the norm. And the great thing about that is the fact that we're all less scared, I think, about doing that. We actually can, you know, we can have a connection in a conversation like we are today and it can be as powerful, if not more powerful, and affect many more people 
in one fell swoop. And I think that's the key is the fact that, you know, it's not just about doing a, a quick online search for where do I find this mentor? Where do I find this course? It's about listening to these podcasts. It's about, you know, understanding that there's a whole wealth of people out there, follow the breadcrumbs and actually just work out what it is that you need, the type of people you need, not just the subject. And then the whole world opens up. And, you know, if you believe in that kind of universal idea of if we're in the right place at the right time, it's all a journey, the right person will present themselves and you'll hear the right person at the right time and then just follow your gut and then just see where it leads you. Yeah, in doing your podcast education on fire, have you found experts legitimize online learning and legitimize getting your kid on YouTube or allowing it? Or, you, you know, because I, I think a big fear is that the mo a big fear with parents is that the, 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 the moment the kid goes online is the moment their brain shuts off. Do you find that to be true? And is online learning truly legitimate? I think it is. And I think that's the reason I've loved doing doing the podcast and talking to people who set these things up. Because when, when you hit a website, you see all the marketing, you see all the stuff you want to see, sure. it all looks fantastic. fantastic. And then what happens is, is you hear them on the podcast and you hear their story. You know, why did they do it? How is it they put it together? You know, what's their real why? And then you think, actually, I want that person to be in, in, in my child's life because I know I, I know them to an extent. I can really sort of feel what they're doing and where how they're going about it. And I think the good ones also incorporate the entire family. You know, so it's not about you now go on your Zoom call in your own room and do your own thing with your tutor. Actually, it's about having that conversation. You know, what is it that we're trying to achieve here? You know, the parent um, teacher conversation, a parent child conversation, you know, um, parent tutor conversation, that they're, they're all really important. They're part of this sort of um, fabric and community around creating the environment we want to, to, you know, like I say, put that fire back into learning and, and education. And I think when you get the sense that that's what you're doing and those are the people you're connecting with, then I think you feel much more secure in doing that. As Mark is talking about education and finding that fire, getting an education for your kid that is on fire. When I created the Beyond Risk and Back Parenting classes, I created it with an Emmy award-winning uh, director and producer, Dr. Travis Fox, who then I then went into business with. And part of the reason why I went into business with him is because the essence of how he filmed what we were doing, what I was teaching. And what I was teaching was everything I have ever taught a parent in 20 years. But when we filmed these episodes, 56 of them, for the parent app, he was able to get the best out of me. And I'm a trained actor. I went to one of the best acting schools in the world. But having a director that was able to create the environment Having someone who's able to say, you know what, instead of shooting this one here, let's go outside. Hey, on this one, put on a martial arts uniform. On this one, let's walk while we're talking. Hey, let's actually search a room while we're teaching about how to search a room. This one, have a pad of paper. And it was inspiring to have an educator because Dr. Fox has a degree in psychology. Dr. Fox has a neurodivergent child. So every aspect of what we did when we filmed the Beyond Risk and Back Parent Coaching Courses comes from a place of understanding. Parents will watch this because a parent 
was the coach and it was filmed and produced and co-directed by parents. Go to brabapp.com for 56 parenting classes on what to do if your kid's in deep crisis, displaying at-risk behaviors, or is doing okay, but you know they could do great. So the classes are divided into three sections, the red, the yellow, and the green. You'll take a little quiz to figure out where to start, but you get all three courses for an unbelievably low price. Brabapp.com, B-R-A-B for Beyond Risk and Back brabapp.com. Go check it out. Get your learning on the same way we expect our kids to get their learning on. Let's get back with Mark. All right, Mark. So now we've got a kid who hasn't been out of bed in a while. We have a, we have a kid that haven't been to school in a while. The depression and anxiety is over the top. Uh, they're, they're not showing really much interest in anything. Let's, let's take a worst case scenario. How as a parent, and you're a parent too, how as a parent do you get your kids excited about learning when the last thing they want to do is be taught something? I think you, you stop trying to do school, I think is probably the first thing. What you do is you start thinking about what do we need to do next? And that might be, let's get out of bed. It might be, let's go for a walk. It might be, I'm doing this thing today. Can you join me? Can you help me? Can you just watch, you know? And you start to build up that sense of what it is that we want to do today. And this day becomes the next day and the day after and the day after. And hopefully, as all these things start to improve, it just kind of gives you a sense of we're on a journey to something. And that conversation is going to develop as you go further down that path you know it's going to be okay what should we do today it's completely up to you and then that opens up a bit of idea of interest you know can we do this can we make that can we go here whatever those things are and then you can start to tailor these days further on in terms of right let's you know be a bit more productive about that and just see how it goes every child's different every interest is different um and and it's really interesting that there were four things which um i was chatting to my daughter about in terms of you know how do you think about learning as opposed to schooling? Um, and and it, it partly just came from the fact that, as you said at the beginning of the interview, it's that kind of how do you be on fire? Um, and we came up with these four things, and it was a fantastic conversation. It came out of nowhere, just on the way back from my daughter's gym club. And I was saying, you know, um, so many people are asking me about the fire aspect of these things. And we came up with it with these four, these four sections. The F being for feedback. You know, how are you? What are you up to? How do you feel today? You know, I think you did great today. Works. It's a two-way conversation. And that's all it is. It just opens up a slight, you know, the window just, just a fraction, just to kind of let a little bit of light in. And then you get your eye for inspiration. You know, what would you like it to look like? Not what we're going to be able to do now or maybe next week or the week after, but, you know, what does it look like? You know, is it learning something? Is it being able to create something? Is it living on your own? Is it, you know, being by the ocean, whatever it happens to be, but something that you want to do that's aspirational, inspirational. But of course, that's great, you know, but what is it? How, how, do, how, do, how do you get there? You know, um, one of the things I always say is education is not the filling of a pail, but the lighting of a fire, which is absolutely true. But you also need to know the steps of doing that. 
And of course, one of the things that we know, this isn't a straightforward journey. You need some resilience. The R's for resilience. You're going to get knocked down. You're going to have a great day followed by a bad day. You're not going to quite sure how to do it. Just know that there is another day. Just know if we can't do what we wanted to do in the way we wanted to do it, let's do it a different way. We talked about what teachers need to do differently. What do you think schools, school districts, uh, whole, you know, communities, what, what do we need to do differently around education in general? I think we need to have it to be aspirational and see what it is that we're doing to be tools and ideas that help us achieve that, you know, at the moment you go to school and then you might go on to university or get a job hopefully and then it's but it's all kind of segmented rather than learning being an integral part of the community there's no reason why you have to be in a in a classroom for six hours a day doing something you know you could be learning in a business you could be learning in the park you could be have people from all manner of of, of life coming in not as a one-off wow day but as an as an integral part of what it is that you're learning you know this is an area that we want to study this is what we think is important let's go to the nearest athletics club, you know, and watch professional athletes train. How do they do about it? Let's talk about their marketing. Let's talk about their their fitness. Let's talk about their training sessions. Let's see what time they get up. Let's see what real kind of inspiration looks like in order to be able to do that. You can fit the education in inverted commas into all of that, but it suddenly becomes real. It's part of someone else's life. You can see all those things happening, and then you can see yourself doing the same thing. You can see the next step. You can see how you can get from A to B rather than just kind of, this is what I'm doing now, and at some stage in the future, I'm going to be doing something different. Just join all those dots up. It sounds a lot of your philosophy is... You're you're kind of, and I say kind of because I, I know parents who use this strategy, but it sounds like unschooling. Is that a is that a term you're familiar with? Is that used in the UK like it's used in a, in America, where you you really just say, What do you want to learn? And the kid maybe says nothing and you have to white knuckle it for three months while your kid does nothing. But at some point their boredom takes over and they start learning something is, and they'll, they'll start to learn something that is literally a clue into what they're interested in. Is that, is that accurate or, or do you feel a little bit more fulfilled in your definition? Um, I think it's half true. Um, I, I know someone who, who works in a school like that. Um, and it sounded great on the outside. And he said, the problem is, <laughs> he said, the problem is, is that, you know, that kind of, you know, white knuckling, see how it goes for a while might last their entire time they're at school. And right. so they come out, they come out the other end in inverted commas, um, and they're actually missing integral parts of things that they need to do in order to function in the world, you know? So I think it's actually much more about um reimagining what you think that school is whether it's in a in a building or whether it's not you know as the responsible adults as educators but and as parents we kind of know what it is that needs to happen i always think of it as um you know as a parent i never let my children play in a busy road as much as they wanted to run off and do their own thing, I know as an experienced and responsible adult, the chances are they could get knocked over. Yes, they would learn their lesson, but they could be injured yeah. or even killed in that scenario. Great. So I made the environment safe. You know, we, we'd make sure it was in a garden. We'd make sure that, you know, we were creating the environment they needed and then give them the tools they needed to then develop from there and i think that's the thing about the school is the fact that yes you might need to learn to read and to count and all those things but the way you go about that 
is where real educators and parents can really step in and work out how is it that we need to learn this thing for this child. It's about personalised learning. And I think that's where the combination of this unschooling idea is going to come in. Is there's, there's probably going to be, for the majority of people in their lifetime, a school that you're going to go to because it's just the fabric of the way society is right, at the moment. Right, right. But the clever people are then going to go, but there's a whole other part of this, which I can get access to. Like I said, whether that's an online tutor, whether it's a mentor, whether it's seeing outside of your initial school community that can give you those extra skills so that you see the time in the traditional school setting as that tool to get the information and the stability maybe that you need in the modern world as it is. But you can expand that because you know it's only part of the fabric of what you are as a person that's learning to then develop as you go through. This changing fabric of education, where's it going, in your opinion? And are we going in a good place or is the education system still in reaction to a global pandemic that turned it on its side? I think it never really changed as much as people think it did. Um, Yes, it went online. As someone who works in, in schools now going back, they're still then trying to morph it back in. So the difference is, is that if kids are off isolating, for example, because they, they're they having to because of COVID at right. the moment, they've got access to online lessons. So therefore, they wouldn't have had that before. So therefore, you could say that's a positive thing. Um, however, <laughs> they're still making sure that they're doing lessons because they have to do it. So for example, very recently, I had an email come out that said, okay, so this person's off school. So we've sent them this email, which is basically the government have said that you're off school. Therefore you still need to have access to education. Here's all the stuff you need. It didn't start with, we hope you're okay. We hope you're well, or we hope you're, (laughs) we hope you're well enough to be able to study even. And actually, if it happens to be that at some point in the next, you know, 10 days that you're isolating, you feel that you might be able to do some learning. We've got you covered and here's the stuff you do. It, it reminds that, me of the thing that they have in England where, you know, where they're saying in the UK, keep calm and carry on. And in that, in that matter, it was more like, um, keep pretending nothing's changed and carry on, you know, but the truth is, is that nobody felt safe. We, we our entire system of living had been turned on its head. Yeah. And that, and that's it. And, and, and I think it's, it's just that sense of, you know, but the government says that you you still got to achieve these goals and right. you still need to do this by this set, you know, by this time you have to take these exams and this whole sense of we've missed education. So many kids are catching up. They're not catching up with anything. They're catching up because the government or some, you know, there's a whole system that says at this point you must achieve this. But actually, you just are where you are. If you've had if you're an athlete and you've broken your leg, you're not playing catch up, you're injured, and then you get fit and then you train again and then you carry on from where you are. Right. That's what children are. But the more that you just keep saying you're catching up, you can understand where these sort of um well-being and mental health issues really start to kick in because you believe it should be different than where you are at the moment. And I think until that changes. And it becomes that personalized idea that you get to achieve what you can achieve in, in an environment that supports you, that actually it's not really changed very much. It's just the way that it's delivered, which is a little bit different. Mark, how can parents find you if they want to if they want to uh, learn more about you, follow up with some of your product inspiration, listen to your podcast? What are what are the best ways for parents to follow up with you? Oh, thanks so much. Yes, um, educationonfire.com is is where I live. And if you put Education on Fire into any podcast app, whichever you enjoy listening to, um, you'll, you'll find me there. And it really is just a sense of, of me sharing creative and inspiring learning that's happening around the world 
and people that are creating these courses that uh, have got education at the forefront of what they're trying to do with a child-centered idea of what learning is all about. And I think from our conversation today, it's that sense of the more you feel like you're involved in all of that, the more those sorts of people you attract to you, the more you can actually support your, your children to really help give them what they need. And the thing I love about being able to create all these things for everyone is the fact I don't know what you need this moment, but there'll be a a conversation, a podcast, a little nugget of something which will just take you into a world which I hope can support you. And so that's really what it's all about, educationonfire.com. Final advice for a parent, a single parent, they've got to work so they can't be at home to oversee their kid's education, but their kid's education has gone full stop. What can you tell that parent to just keep them believing? I think show them why they're doing or why you think education is important. Give them that bigger picture. Know that they're still going to be influenced by their friends. They're still going to be influenced by the the, the school they're in or, or, or the fact that they're not able to take part in the way that they want to. But just try and give them those elements. Give them some feedback. Give them some inspiration. Try and tell them they're, they're, they're going to be obviously resilient to do that. But empower them. Show them the next step. You know, we know you're struggling here but why don't you just try this? That's what you really need. Just little things that you can do to support them. And that's all you can do. Take it one day at a time, do the best you can for yourself and those around you. And then that'll give you exactly what you need to do for your best thing for your child. I guess I have one more question. And this question is about if we go back into total lockdown, total quarantine, living at home again, which which we could all sit here and say, bah, that would never happen. But as we could see, anything goes right now. The rules for life have changed. It, it, the kids who are going back online, the kids who are struggling with online learning, what can parents do differently for those kids if we go back into sitting in your bedroom, going to school rather than going to school? I think you can be an intermediary i think you know if you need that personal contact rather than just the online version of you be the person that kind of instills the ideas gives delivers some of the information gives that support so that it's not about me facing a screen it's actually about the idea that we're doing education together i can help you in whichever way i can and as a parent i certainly know i'm not the answer to all of those things depending on the subject but i can at least have this conversation with you which is going to give you what you need to at least do the next step and then once you can do that it stops being them and you through a screen it becomes about the child again and actually learning about what we can do together and hopefully that can then be supportive as they move forward Sir Ken Robinson has uh, one of the most amazing TED Talks, and the title of the talk is Do Schools Kill Creativity? And just on the TED.com site, there's 71 million views of that talk. One of the comments he made, and I'm probably paraphrasing, but I think Mark brought this around to parents and our ideas and are thinking very, very well. And Sir Robinson said, sometimes school gets in the way of education. So let's expand for our families, for our teens, what education actually is. It can be a number of things. 
your kids watching YouTube all day, have them turn on closed captioning. So no matter what they're watching, they're reading because it does stimulate the reading brain. It's okay if they listen to books. It's okay if they're researching something ad nauseum, because at the end, all that research we did in primary school and secondary school was learning how to learn. So remember your kids are still learning how to learn. Don't let fear parenting get in the way of their learning. They are still learning every day. They're also learning what you model, what your values are. Big thanks to Mark Taylor. Go to uh, educationonfire.com. Check out his show. It's a good show. Parents, take care of yourselves first. Your adult relationship second and your children third. Because in that way, we're going to do our best work with our children. Big thanks to Deepin Productions for the awesome song and for making me sound good by producing this show. And thanks to Your Cause Consulting, who does such an amazing job of making sure I get in front of all the right parents. I'll see you next week.